A female CNN journalist heard about a very old Jewish man who had been going to the Western Wall to pray twice a day, every day, for a long, long time. She went to check it out, and she went to the Western Wall, and there he was, walking slowly up to the holy site. She watched him pray after about 45 minutes when he turned to leave, using a cane moving very slowly. She approached him for an interview. Pardon me, sir, I'm Rebecca Smith with CNN. What's your name? Morris Freinberg, he replied. Sir, how long have you been coming to the Western Wall to pray? For about 60 years. 60 years, that's amazing. What do you pray for? Well, I pray for peace between Christians and Jews and Muslims. I pray for all the wars and hatred to stop. I pray for all the children to grow up safely and, and become responsible adults and to love their fellow man. I pray for politicians to tell the truth and to put the interests of the people ahead of their own interests. How do you feel after doing this for 60 years? Like I'm talking to a wall. Is That Really in the Bible presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. So I want to talk about what do you do when you feel like your prayers are just hitting a brick wall. Now, I, I think there there is, there is some dynamic to prayers that we overlook. Often we just look at God, and, and of course you get this from television evangelists that promise you a four-car garage and a... Uh, Mercedes-Benz and, and uh, you know, just, you know, name it and claim it ministries. And so we get the idea that God is just a blessing machine and, and that all he's got to do is sit in his heavenly, you know, armchair or a rocking chair or whatever and just answer just every one of our prayers just to be absolutely enthralled with giving us what we want. Now, the truth of the matter is, if you consider children, let's take a, an example of children. What do children want? You know, often as a parent, you realize the thing the child is asking for is beyond their responsibility to handle, beyond their reach, beyond their scope of really understanding what's behind this thing that you're asking for. I mean, this thing that you're asking for comes, if I give you this, you're going to have to act like a grown-up, and you're not mature enough to act like a grown-up. And so the thing is denied by the parents. So I think we got to realize this in our own prayers with God. It's what I call the 50-50 principle. You know, I might say 50% of the things that you ask for, God will give you, and 50% of the things you ask for, God will not give you. I've asked for I think childishly in my past life, I've asked for things like, Lord, give me a million dollars. Uh, let me hit the lottery. Uh, maybe I've had certain fantasies about my ministry. I think one time as a teenager, I asked for a car. You know, it's just a lot of things that we ask for that God really is not going to give us. You know, James 4 and verse 3 says, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may cons consume it upon your lust. In other words, 
another translation will say only it says or when you ask you don't receive anything because the reason you ask is wrong you only want to use it for your own pleasure and i found that especially when an, an immature christian that there are things that we're asking that maybe our whole lives revolve around our own pleasures and god says you know you're, you're not going to get this the thing that you're asking for. You know, every gift of the Spirit, it's not to serve yourself. There is no true gift of the Spirit that is self-serving. You know, the gifts of tongues was given to communicate the gospel. It wasn't given so that people could act like a fool and jump church pews and do and speak in a gibberish that no one understands. The gift of healing, that, that gift is not self-serving. It's so that you can empty a hospital. Uh, that's the reason God gets so no true gift of the spirit is self-serving so this may be true when it comes to prayer that no real prayer that God will answer is going to be self-serving it's not just for you it's not so that you can consume it upon your own lust it's it's you you're not you know it's not something God's going to give you just for your own pleasure it's going to be given to you this thing you're asking for so that you can serve others. Now, the 50% of the prayers that I have received, if I consider those, if I look at those, they have a lot to do with like family, the things that are really important. And and what I found is that the things that the prayers that God answer answers are the things that are really worth dying for. They're the really important things in life, like family, uh, real love, you know, you find the girl or the guy of your dream and you have real love. This is a gift from God. These these are the kinds of prayers I think God has a tendency to answer. Uh, the 50% of things I have received, like uh, children, what a blessing children are, a great job, freedom, living in a country that is still free, America, Often the things that God answers are the, the simple joys in life. And of course, I cannot forget about the calling of God and how important that is. The fact that God called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, these are the things that are worth dying for. These are the things that are worth holding on to. These are the things that are really important. And God answers, you know, really important prayers. Uh, the scripture says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Enjoy serving the Lord, and he will give you what whatever you ask for. That is, if you enjoy serving God. So the first principle, I think, for we know when our prayers hit the wall, we want to ask the question, what categories are your prayers in? This 50-50 rule, you know, are you just asking for things to consume it upon your lust just for your own pleasure? Or are you asking for things that will make you a better person so that you can go out and serve others? You want to put your prayers in those two categories there. And hopefully that's, you know, will keep you from, if you get in the right category, your prayers will be answered. But if you never get your prayers, if your prayers are in this wrong category, 
then they're always going to hit, you're always going to be hitting a brick wall when it comes to God in a relationship with God. And you're always going to wonder, how come my prayers are not answered? Now, another reason our prayers seem to hit a brick wall from time to time is found in, in Proverbs 28 and verse 9. It says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayers shall be an abomination. Now, I tell you, this is something that we do not want. We don't want our prayers that go up to God to be an abomination in the eyes of God. Because obviously, I mean, you talk about a brick wall. That's a brick wall. When your prayers are an abomination to God, that's a brick wall. And that might uh, explain why some prayers are not heard or answered. It might explain why they seem to hit this brick wall. Now, Okay, he that turns away his ear from hearing the law. You know, the breaking of God's law is what is referred to as sin. Sin is the transgression of God's law. That's 1 John 3 and verse 4. Sin is the breaking of God's law. Now, I do believe there are prayers made out of ignorance. We may not be aware of the thing that we are doing that it's wrong. But my point is this, if you have the Holy Spirit of God, and that might be a big if, but if you have the indwelling presence of God's Spirit, it is always God's will to bring you to a deeper conviction of sin. In other words, a deeper conviction of the law of God. That's what the Holy Spirit does, because he's going to write his laws upon our hearts and our minds. So, My point is this, anytime you have an area that you are aware of, let me just ask you this area, are you aware of a particular area in your life that you are struggling with and that you know is displeasing to God? Okay, chances are if you answered, yes, I I do have an area that I struggle with and I know it's displeasing to God. Okay, that's an area of law-breaking. And it's just an issue of, are you hearing what the law says? Are you, do you know what is the right thing to do? Now, if you know the right thing to do and you're not doing it, then your prayers are going to be an abomination in the eyes of God. They're not going to be answered, is what I'm saying. So it's really, you know, I mean, we could talk about one category of just not knowing, being ignorant of something. You're doing something, you just don't know it's wrong. Okay, that's, that's one area that would be classified as a, a different area that we could talk about. But when you have an area in your life, an area in your life that you know this thing is wrong, it's something you're struggling with, and you continue to struggle with it, and you know it's displeasing to God, then that can be a reason your prayers are just hitting the wall. Is because your prayers are an abomination in the eyes of God. Another reason I think sometimes our prayers can hit a wall is that we haven't really identified, again, what category our prayers belong to. Uh, Some prayers, many prayers actually, are what I call kingdom prayers. This little story that I told you at the beginning you know, I said, I pray for peace between Christian, Jews, and Muslims. Well, if you know anything about your Bible and you read the history of some of these people, you know that's, that's, it's, it's going to be like a cold day in hell before that actually happens. 
it, it, it's going to happen, but it's going to happen in the kingdom of God. When God ushers in, when Christ returns to this earth and ushers in the government of God on this earth. Uh, I pray for all wars and all hatred to stop. I, uh, I pray for politicians to tell us the truth and put the interests of the people ahead of their own. You know, if you if you ask the question, well, how would God actually do this? I know we can pray for this, but how, you know, th- the question often we need to ask also is exactly how would God do this? You know, you need to think about that in your prayer life with God. Okay, the thing that I'm asking for, what would it take to accomplish this? Can it be accomplished right now? And and what I'm saying is that many of our prayers often belong in the category of kingdom prayers. A lot of our prayers hit the wall because we haven't identified what category this prayer belongs in. Uh, Jesus said in Luke 11 and verse 2, When you pray, say, Our Father which in, are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, we understand that God's will is not being done on earth right now. I mean, it might be God's will to some degree in the, in the converted Christian who has the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, God is working through that individual, and in, and his will is being accomplished through that individual, through the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit of God uh, in dwelling in a person. Yeah, you could say God's will is being done in that person's life, but nationally, uh, as a nation, as America, or or as the as we look at the whole globe, and we think about other countries, we know God's will is not being done. Uh, Romans three and verse thirteen says, "Their throat is an open sepulcher; with their tongues they they have used deceit." The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, can you pray for peace between Jews, Christians, and Muslims? Can you pray for all wars and hatred to stop? Can you pray for leaders to tell the truth and put the interests of the people ahead of, ahead of their own? Yeah, you can pray for that, but it's not going to happen in this life. Now, I've just told you something that is absolutely amazing. Have I not? I've just told you that there are some prayers that no matter how much you pray and no matter how often you pray them, Depending on what category that prayer belongs in, some prayers are just not going to get answered. Not in this life. It's not. And that is an amazing in itself. And it's something you need to understand when you go to God in prayer. You need to understand why some prayers hit the wall. One of the reasons is because many prayers are not going to get answered now because one reason they are kingdom prayers. And you need to discern between the two. When you pray, say, thy kingdom come. I mean, what's the first thing that God, and let's just digress a little bit and think about the first thing God does when he, when he returns to this earth. 
when this kingdom is this government is established on this earth well the first thing he does is resurrect the saints now why is that you ever ask the question why why is that a top priority when christ returns to resurrect the saints well the reason is because for the last couple thousand years god has been calling out his cabinet members just like a president when a new president comes in he elects his cabinet members who will rule and reign with him okay christ has been doing this for the past two thousand years electing calling his and preparing his cabinet members that are going to rule and reign beside him at his return at christ's return when we think about the picture of god's kingdom on this earth you know micah 4 and verse 4 it says but they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree and none shall make them afraid for the mouth of the lord of hosts has spoken it so when is all fear going to be taken away from our society well in the kingdom of god they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain says the lord when is this going to happen what's going to happen in the kingdom of God when Christ returns to this earth. Neither shall they lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Okay, when is this going to happen? No more war. Well, it's going to happen when Christ returns to set up his kingdom on this earth. Ezekiel 36 and verse 26, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Okay, we're talking about conversion. Uh, Worldwide conversion at Christ's returns. When God is going to write his law, not just to a few that he's calling here, there, and yonder in this life, but he's going to write his laws in all people's hearts and minds. Okay, when is this going to when is real conversion going to take place? Well, it's going to take place, worldwide conversion that is. It's going to take place when Christ returns and establishes his kingdom of, of God on this earth. You see, here's the thing with with the government that we have man's government. Okay, that's what we have right now. We rejected a long time ago God's government theocracy when we asked for a king to rule over us it was a rejection of god and and god's law when we did that so today we have presidents we have kings okay now i personally don't believe there's ever been a president with the indwelling spirit of god now let, let me just explain this when i talk about the indwelling presence of god i'm talking about where a person goes down in the waters of baptism they have repented of their sins they have accepted jesus christ as their personal savior they have hands laid on on them for the receiving of the spirit of god and a new creature in christ starts to develop i don't think there's ever been a president with that indwelling presence of the spirit of god now i do believe there that presidents that the Spirit has worked through individuals. As you read the history of America, you realize that God's Spirit did work through. So, yeah, there's been presidents where God's Spirit worked through and caused them to make the right decision and offered the leadership that was necessary at the time. But I'm talking about real, truly converted, where you were 
God's spiritual DNA becomes a part of you. I don't think there's ever been a president with the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God. So what does that create? Well, it definitely creates an imperfect world. And then it's not enough for just one man to have, one leader to have the Spirit of God. You want, you know, you want the masses of people uh, to have the Spirit of God. So a life void of the Spirit of God, that's the reason for all the pain, the suffering, and everything that you see around you is because people are lacking that leadership of the Holy Spirit. And because they don't have that, bad things happen in our world because the Spirit of God is missing, because we are incomplete in and of ourselves. We were born incomplete, lacking the Spirit of God. We desperately need the Spirit of God to make our lives complete. Okay. Now, in Revelation 2 and verse 26, it says, And he that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father. Now, what's this talking about? Well, it's talking about when Christ returns and resurrects the saints, which is the first thing that he does, they're going to rule with a rod of iron. Now, why is this necessary? Well, let me digress a little bit. Can you pray for the rioters who are rioting and tearing down statues and doing all kinds of ignoramus things in our in our world. Can you pray for them? Yes. Is it going to do any good? Probably not. Probably not. Why? Why is that? Well, because this is the solution here. There are some people who have to be ruled with a rod of iron, and that is the government's responsibility. Now, what, what happens when governors refuse to do anything? When they refer to it as a love feast? People, women are being raped, People are being killed, and they refer to it, some of these Democrats refer to them as a love feast. Well, when you got that kind of stupidity going on in, in the pea brain mind of man and women, there's, there's very, God's not going to intervene and, bring, and supernaturally bring about peace, okay? The way you handle this is, is like this script. You got a rule. You got a rule, okay? It's just that simple. You can't lay down and roll over. you got to rule. And when people refuse to rule, bad things happen. Okay. <clears throat> Another reason our prayers can hit a brick wall is because we often forget that we have an enemy. Yes, we have an enemy. Uh, Mark 4 and verse 15, And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard... Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, this is a continuum. You know, a lot of times, you know, we pray for people, other people, and we see positive results. We think, okay, this person is now getting it. And then all of a sudden, the wicked one, the evil one, comes, comes along and takes away what was sown in the heart. He is always taking, Satan is always taking away the good thing that is sown in the heart. And this is a continuum. And the only way, you know, the only thing you can do is, as the scripture says, the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. You know, that's all you can do is just keep praying for this person, keep rebuking that evil 
that is trying to take away the good thing that was sown in that person's heart. I mean, this is necessary because of this continuum of always destroying the truth that God has revealed. And so what we hope for, what we look to, is the kingdom of God. Revelation, what happens during the kingdom when this government is set up on this earth? Well, in Revelation 20 and verse 1, it says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on that dragon, that old serpent, which is called the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. Now, this is a going to be a wonderful time that is explained with the Day of Atonement. You know, you have the uh, trumpet, Feast of Trumpets, the return of Christ to this earth. The trump sounds and the dead in Christ are raised first. God raises his cabinet members first. And then you have the Day of Atonement where this evil spirit is going to be bound. And, you know, no longer for a thousand years is, is he going to be screwing up God's work. God's not going to allow him to do that anymore. Now, you, we could ask the question, okay, why does God allow Satan today to deceive? Well, that's a no, another story, another message that has to do with our willingness to believe a lie. You know, the lie that you want to believe. There are lies that we want to believe, like the law has been abolished, been nailed to the cross, been fulfilled, been done away with. So, because God knows this, he allows a great deceiver to come along and actually build churches that say just that thing, that the law has been abolished, been nailed to the cross, been fulfilled, and all you got to do is just invite Jesus into your heart. And, and, and so he allows this deception to go on. You know, I heard a story about Phil Robertson, uh, Duck Dynasty. He was being interviewed, and the guy was sort of doing the interview, sort of looked, he was somewhat gay, I guess. Because he would say, you know, Mr. Robertson, now we're going to take a picture of you and your dog and your wife. And, and how you like this, Mr. Robertson? And is this okay? Now you can sit over here. And Mr. Robertson, you like this? And you want us to do, you know. And, and, and Phil said, I don't know. He said, it's your world. I'm just trying to live in it. And I thought that was one of the most powerful statements. It's your world. I'm just trying to live in it. And, you know, that is so true that as a Christian, you're really just trying to survive this world. And the scripture makes it clear that the evil one is the God of this world, that God has allowed Satan to permeate, to twist, to control the mind of man because he doesn't have the Spirit of God. You know, when you receive the Spirit of God, that's, that's, that's the devil's cutoff point. He can no longer influence you like he has before. And that's why it's so important. One of the reasons it's so important to receive the Spirit of God. But as a Christian, even with the Spirit of God, you're just trying to survive the battlefield. You really are. And I think much of the power of prayer can be limited because God has given man the ability, the freedom to choose between right and wrong. It's like that example I gave you of the rioters. You know, you can pray for the rioters, and you can pray for that to quit. But God has given us a way in the form of government to, to deal with those issues where you have to put down and take charge and take control of situations. And when we refuse to do that, God's not going to intervene. 
In a way, God has limited himself. I'm not saying that God is limited in prayer, but he really has limited himself deliberately so because he knows that we are free to make good choices and we are free to make stupid choices, such as the governor who refuses to do anything about, you know, the town where the, I can't even think of their names where they have taken over four or five blocks of the city there, but prayers being limited and the more rotten we get, I think as a nation, the more prayer is limited, the more rotten we get as a country. Jeremiah 7 and verse 16, Therefore pray not thou for these people, neither lift up nor cry for them, neither make intercessions to me, for I will not hear. You know, this is God limiting himself when it comes to prayer. When God says, look, don't pray for these people. I'm not going to hear their prayer. Okay, this is God limiting himself when it comes to the power of prayer. I'm not going to hear it. Are we there yet? You know, I hope we're not there yet. I hope God will, st- I, I hope we're not at this point of Jeremiah 7 and verse 16 where he says, don't pray for these people because I'm not going to hear. Don't make intercession. I'm not going to hear. I hope we're not there yet. But I do sometimes wonder as I look at a, at a world gone mad. I want to talk, I want to conclude with the prayer I believe God will hear today. Because I think sometimes we get frustrated with a lot of prayers that are hitting the wall. And I want to just give you three little scripture references here to set this up. The first one was of Jesus. This is in Mark 3 and verse 5. And looking around on them with anger, being grieved because of the hardness of their heart. He said to them, man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored whole like the other. Okay, that's one story. Where, where Christ, you know, he got fed up. And the scripture tells us, be ye angry and sin not. It's okay to be angry. Just don't, don't turn it into the type of anger that leads to sin. Another little story is Elisha. And he said, this is, this is 2 Kings 13 and verse 18. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike them on the ground. And he struck them three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have stricken five or six times. Then you would have stricken Syria until it was finished. But now you shall strike Syria three times. You know, this passive, you know, one of the things I get out of this is passive good old boy prayers, at least today, I don't know if they're going to be heard or not. There's going to have to have, you're going to have to have some passion if you want your, in living in this sinful, rotten, God-defying world, confusion, religious confusion, religious pablum, a world that has gone mad, crazy, a world that wants to sell it, the birthright nation that was built upon freedom for which Christ died for. Christ died for our freedom. We want to sell that for socialism. Okay, we've gone mad as a world. America has gone mad. And, okay, it's it's not some kind of passive, Betty by, nice guy prayer that, that God's going to hear. You're going to have to have some passion third little story is Jonah, Jonah 4 and verse 9. And God said to Jonah, do you well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry, even into death. 
Yeah, that's what Jonah said. <laughs> I get a kick out of that. Uh, now, you know, I sometimes think if we went to God and said, God, I am angry at the stupidity that is going on in our world, in America. I am downright angry. You'd probably get an amen back from God. You'd probably get an answer like, well, you should be angry. Now, I know that James 1 and verse 20 says, for the wrath of man does not work out the righteousness of God. But I'm not talking about wrath. I'm not talking about what the rioters have, where they go through breaking and burning and stealing. And I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about a righteous anger that leads to a passionate prayer. I mean, after all, how do we really fight this situation? Do we get out there and riot? You know, no, of course not. But, but how do we, we fight? We are prayer warriors. But I'm telling you, a lot of prayers are just not going to get answered unless you've got a little bit of passionate anger, what I call righteous anger that leads to a passionate prayer. It's a type of prayer. It's a type of prayer. And I've told the story about driving my truck down the highway, listening to talk radio, and getting upset and beating on the steering wheel and beating on the dash, or I'm or I'm listening to some kind of pablum on with religion. As I told a story one time, I was listening to religion one time, and a guy said, "Would you like to hear me talk like Donald Duck?" And he starts talking like Donald Duck, and I just cut the radio off and I said, "Okay, religion has ceased to be relevant. It's not relevant anymore." Okay. And so I'm upset, and I'm beating on the dash and beating on the steering wheel. And I've had vehicles in front of me, in front in front of me, pull off the road and let me go past. I've had them. I have. I've had this happen to me twice. Yeah, twice. You know, three strikes you're out. But they're looking in their rearview mirror. You know, at at this person that they think is downright angry. And uh, but you know, I think. That's the kind of prayer in today's world. If you want to know what kind of prayer will God hear today, I think this is what it's going to take. And again, I'm not talking about the wrath of man because that does not lead to the righteousness of God. I understand that. But I'm talking about a righteous anger that leads to a passionate prayer. You know, recently I was listening to a guy on YouTube. He does a little news channel. And he he said, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I want to pray for our leader. And it was a, a very passionate prayer uh, for uh, Donald Trump, our president. And I've never heard anything quite like it. It You know, a, a rebuking of the diabolical powers that are there, the liberal media who constantly lies through their teeth, and that's basically all they do is just lie. You know, it was a passionate prayer, and, and he said, that there may be a grace period to reach more souls. That God, you would give us a grace period, period to reach more souls. And I, I thought, yeah, you know, that would be nice. But I wonder if God did give us a grace period, what would we do? We would just go back to our normal lives of vacations and, you know, whatever. Or would we really get serious about the Great Commission? of what God has, you know, go ye therefore into all the world. Would we really get serious about it? Or would we just use it to serve ourselves? And then again, the self-serving that you may consume it upon your own lust. Those kinds of prayers are not going to get answered. They're going to hit a brick wall. Now, the good news is, I want to leave you with some good news, is that we know the outcome. 
of all this, as we near the return of Jesus Christ, I think you can clearly see why God has been calling a first fruit. I think you can clearly see how important our part in this kingdom will be. I think you can clearly see why God has been calling out his cabinet members. It's really about government. It really is about government. And I want to conclude with Isaiah 30 and verse 21. And thine ears shall hear, your, your ears shall hear a word behind thee. And he's talking about when this kingdom is set up on this earth. Your ears are going to hear a word behind you saying, this is the way walk you in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. Yeah, there are going to be teachers. You have been called, not only are you been called to, uh, as a cabinet member that will rule with Christ, you, you've been called to be a teacher. And you got to know right from wrong. And not only that, you're going to be given authority to enforce it, to rule with a rod of iron. And now you might say, well, I can't do that. Well, look, all you got to do is just look at what's going on in the world today. Look at the rioting that's going on. Look at the stupidity. Look at the lies that are going on from the liberal media. And all you got to do is just make it right. Make people submit to the right thing, you know. And that's going to require government. It's going to require ruling with a rod of iron. You know, the definition of government is a governor, governing body or of a national state or community. That's what government is. The kingdom of God governing this earth. What a blessedness. You know, we know the outcome is my point. And the, and the outcome is, when you pray, say, thy kingdom come. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.